This is Nursing Uncensored. Your host, Adrienne Benning, invites you to listen in on conversations between real nurses about the crazy and wonderful lives we lead. This is a space meant to create laughter in addition to serious conversations, and nothing is off limits. I'm here today with Renee Duchesne. Hi, Renee. Hello. Renee, you have a very special story to share with us today and some interesting things for us to talk about. But before we get into like the down and dirty, because I know the title mm-hmm. is going to give away to people. The title of the episode is going to tell them what they're, what they're going to oh, hear boy. from us today. Yep. So I know people are dying to get into it. But first, <laughs> will you just introduce yourself to our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? And we'll kind of pick up from there. Yeah, so I've been a nurse now in like the Boston area for three years, which feels way too long already. (laughs) But um, so I actually, and I knew this like from nursing school, I knew I wanted psych. So I did sort of um, most of my background currently is in substance abuse. And then right now I work um, with a community services agency. So we're contracted with our state's department of mental health and i oversee like three community group homes that have mental health patients in them and then i oversee like another hundred individuals that live in the community around us but have like pretty hefty um mental health diagnosis that make it hard for them to function without some assistance otherwise Mm -hmm. they would spend a lot of their time in the hospital as opposed to out on their own so we basically work to try to keep them out of the hospital and functioning like independently in their own homes as best as possible. Awesome. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. I have no idea where I want to go with that, <laughs> but I definitely liked psych. I liked it from day one. And uh, I started like before I was, um, before I became a nurse, I worked as an aide on a geriatric psych unit. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, so, yeah. geriatric psych is a whole <laughs> different like segment of psych. It's still, one of my favorite jobs I've had, to be honest. Yeah, you know, and I used to work like yes. 3 to 11, 11 to 7. Like, oh, so you know, up you know. all night. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the people that were up all night. But I loved it. The sundowner. So much fun. Yeah, there's so much fun. Well, and you really really get to, I don't know, I feel like providing care to people, even when they're confused, like is more important than ever that we have good people doing that. I just had so much empathy. I was like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't mean to be, you don't mean to be hitting me. I know. And let's that, go and let's get to bed it's so frustrating and it can yeah. be very like if you don't have a lot of patience it can be yeah. very challenging but yeah I I worked on so I not to not to stray too far but I used to do some okay. community-based health um for people Oof. that like didn't belong in the hospital didn't belong in like you know any kind of skilled nursing facility but they right. help to like survive and thrive and yeah exactly so that actually is near and dear to my heart um so I love that that's the kind of work that you're doing I don't think I've talked yet on the show to a nurse that does um community-based home health uh it's very it's very weird even what I do because I don't do it in like the traditional VNA sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I don't do meds for anybody my job is actually to train staff other staff to give meds 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually one of like the overarching parts of my job is I train other staff on giving meds, which is really interesting. That is really interesting. But um, yeah, it's a really weird role because I do that and then I do like care coordination for the individuals like as it comes up. If there are some of my individuals that I haven't met because they haven't needed me yet. And then there are some that I see like once a week because their medical need is that high. And you said that you're covering, like, you're supervising, like, over 100 individuals. Yep. yep. So, yeah, interesting. So that, that kind of balances out. You don't necessarily need to talk to all 100 of them every right. week. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, that, what, what specifically about um, mental health, psychiatric health, what you said that you were just always interested, like, what about it? Like, sometimes it's hard to put your finger on it, but sometimes people know, like, oh, I, I love this part of it. I just like that I felt like it was very, not neglected because I know it's not, but I just felt like a lot of people don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And they're, but when you actually sit down with some of these people, they're like the smartest people yeah. you have ever met. Yeah. Or they're, or you just, you, if you hear their backstory, it explains a lot more about why they are behaving the way they are for you right now. Mm-hmm. And so, and I just always felt like, I wanted to try my best to understand them because I felt like a lot of people just didn't. So it just felt like I had, I could try to understand you. I could try to meet you where you're at. That's so I just awesome. felt like, like I was able to connect with them like a little bit better than other patient populations that I would sometimes be like, but you're obviously like going to come back in here for trouble breathing because you're smoking over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I would get no, frustrated with that. But then with somebody's mental health, I'm like, well, it's kind of always going to be there. Yeah. And you're always kind of like working. It's like a spectrum that you're on and people kind of move back and forth on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. And you're there to kind of help coax them to the good end of the spectrum. Yeah. Especially the substance abuse portions too. So what kinds of of tasks or responsibilities are wound up in that kind of care? Because I really, I have, I have no experience with that at all. So actually the... The second job I got as a nurse was um, at a private detox. So privately owned, like, I think we had like 20 bed detox. So we had um, alcohol detox, opiate detox, even like crack and cocaine Mm, detox. Um, And you were basically medicating their symptoms. And a lot of them would come in with like abscesses and you would have to dress their wounds and they'd come Mm -hmm. in with just poor medical care typically so other things would come up but your primary focus was detoxing them safely so they didn't have you know any seizures or anything like that so giving like you know Ativan and probably Ativan. some like Decadron or I don't yeah. know maybe Librium 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 was a big one uh, but yes definitely Ativan and then like we would have a host of like comfort meds too so we would give them like Stuff for their stomach, stuff for a headache, stuff for like diarrhea. Yeah, we would really try to keep at bay as many of the symptoms as possible. And then while they were there, there was also like the clinical piece. Like we had clinicians and counselors working with them in like a rehab sense also. Yeah, I didn't think about um, that struck me as like, oh, duh, but didn't think of it myself with the like treating abscesses and things like that. Oh, yeah. People people who are choosing like, you know, intravenous or whatever other methods like you end up with issues, especially when, you know, when these addictions get, I I imagine, maybe not even when they're super intense, like at any point um, you can get 
I don't know, some horrible infection. That's yeah, scary so to she, think about. Yeah, they don't think they... It scares them, I think, once they actually see it on their hands. But I was like, like that's a primary example is on their hands. So a lot of it, too, is just they're not living in places that are the best. So, like, sure. they're more apt to get those kinds of infections and stuff. Like, some of them are so used to it. They're just like, yeah, this one always... This one always blows up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, maybe we should clean it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's <laughs> then you interesting. Try to, try to teach them how to clean it on their own so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, like empower them to like manage. Because, yeah. you know, the, the, the sad truth is, is that it, it takes a lot to kick these these powerful oh, addictions. Yeah. And so I imagine, are you seeing a lot of, you know, repeat uh, folks coming through for treatment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it. Well, like what? when I was working in the detox, a detox stay is anywhere from like five to 14 days. And that's just to get it out of your system. That's not even to, to work on the rehab of staying sober. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit hard at the detox because we only had control over those four first like week or so. And then it was kind of like, good luck. <laughs> um, we would try to get them out to like rehab centers and stuff, but if they didn't want to go, they didn't want to go. Yeah. So that's the hard part. You know, it's, it's yeah. that kind of frustration is the same, whether you're working mental health care, physical inpatient care, you always have these folks that like, you know, that the second they leave the hospital, you're like, eh, are you going to yep. take your insulin? Are you going to go back to eating cheeseburgers? Are you going to go back to yep. using <laughs> like these are, and this is what's really yep. hard in our profession because we, we get to know these people. I mean, like spending two weeks with a patient, you get, you can get to know people yeah. really, really oh, yeah. well, especially if you you're seeing them, you know, multiple times. It's yeah. it really hard. I imagine when you send them out the door and you're like, good luck. I, I hope, you know, I hope I genuinely hope I don't see you. Yeah. You know? That's I always said that too. I, that was always my parting line. I was like, hope I don't have to see you again. But I was like, but no, you can always come back. Yeah. So that's we, what, did get, we did get a lot of people yeah. that came back. Most of us doesn't phase you. When when you work in substance abuse, you're like, okay, yeah. let's go again. You're like, okay, <laughs> this is this is how we do it. But it's good yeah. because you do need to have that patience and that tolerance for yep. these things that might be frustrating to someone who's not uh, yeah. familiar with like this kind of of healthcare. Oh yeah, um, I definitely worked with a couple of nurses that I was like, are you sure this is the right <laughs> this is the right field for you? You gotta have a little bit more patients than yeah, that. Yeah. So very interesting. This is like a part of nursing that I don't get to see very often. And so yeah, a lot of I'm, people don't. yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people don't know what this is like until they either know someone who's gone through treatment or yeah. have gone through it themselves and see how difficult mm-hmm. it is. Um, but it's such critical, critical care because, as you know, a quote unquote simple addiction, not even yeah. when we're talking about like multiple addictions, but like mm-hmm. a simple addiction alone can destroy someone's life. Oh yeah. And even end their life. So it's yep. really important that we have people like you that are out there that are willing to do this work day in and day out, despite yeah. things that might not um might not fly with uh yeah. some more impatient folks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. And so you obviously you love it. This is something that you <laughs> that I feel like people that work in psych, they eat they love it. You know, there's yeah. there's the joke that like technically every floor is a psych floor. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but, 
but really everybody says like, oh, I couldn't do what you do. They say that to me because, you know, I work with end of life patients, but yeah, I, feel I would say, that, I would do. say that to you. I yeah. would say that to you. I couldn't do that. But that's what's so <laughs> amazing about nursing is there's so many dang different things to do. It doesn't matter if you could never do what I do because you never yeah. have to and vice versa. Like you can find that niche and it sounds like you have. So yeah, it's really weird because like at first the whole like, like the whole dialogue when you're getting out of nursing school is that you have to go to med search. Yeah. Yeah. They're always like, you gotta get your like a couple of years of experience in med search and we'll get into this later. But I was like, do I have to? Yeah. And you know, I, like, I, I think know what I want to do. Do I have to? I can see the reasoning behind saying like, oh, you have to go into med search as a new grad. Yeah, no, I do. I see it. But at the same time, if you know what you want to do mm-hmm. and you know that trajectory doesn't include taking 15 gallbladder patients mm-hmm. and like this, you know, patient over here with nondescript abdominal pain, like these are all things that, yes, are important if you want to work in the critical care inpatient unit. Yeah. But if you already have your eye on something, then I say just go for it. Um, yeah especially if it's something that, because here's the thing, you might go and spend time in med surge, hate it, not care, not really want to learn, not really be involved. And then Mm -hmm. nursing tastes sour to you. But if you go directly into what you want to do, you start building those skills from day one. And like, I can, you said you don't know where you want to go, but like, there's there's probably a lot of, a lot of opportunities. Maybe you don't even know about yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get, let's get to the, let's get to the tea as they say. Let's talk about what everyone is like, Ooh, we got to click this, this, (laughs) listen to this. So you have a story, you have an experience that you want to share with our listeners, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And what is this experience that we're going to talk about? So basically the gist of it was my, I got let go or fired for lack of a better term, from uh, the first nursing job I got out of school. Um, And I got (laughs) fired about five months in. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, let, let that sink in for a second. Yeah, I don't, and it's weird. I don't talk about it. I have started to lately, but I almost sort of brushed it off and didn't talk about it with anyone that didn't immediately know. Because they were like my family or my partner mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. I, was, well, you know, I was just like, oh, no, I switched jobs. <laughs> that's a that's a hard thing to deal with. Because in my mind, yeah. like the gut feeling that I have without even knowing the story yet is mm-hmm. like that that feels like it has an impact on the entire trajectory of your career. Yeah. Like the, the, the confidence that you've been trying to build and then having that snatched away. It seems like there's a lot of, a lot of things. Obviously we know it didn't kick you out of the profession. It no. didn't kick you to the curb. Um, you were resilient. So I want to hear about that, but just my initial gut is like, ouch. (laughs) But I'm glad that you're talking about it because whatever you were feeling about how you couldn't talk about it, I imagine it's because we as nurses, we have high level of responsibility, integrity. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be seen as less than or not fill in whatever, not fill in the blank, whatever it is, not enough of this. So Take, take us, I, I mean, and go into however much detail you want. This is yeah. not like shock, you know, TV, <laughs> or radio, but um, 
Yeah. Talk about this. Cause I know there are people out there that are probably also like, Oh, what, what is that? What are those days like? Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, so I graduated from a, I got my bachelor's right away. So I did four years and I worked as an aide for, um, like a, a healthcare system out here. One that, you know, owns like a couple hospitals and a couple outpatient settings and doctor's offices and stuff like that so they have a couple hospitals and I was working on the Jerry psych unit at one of them and I applied to their new graduate program which was very competitive at the time but mm-hmm. anyone that was already working for this company typically had a leg up in getting into the program so I did end up getting in it was like I think there were 15 of us total for the hospital Oh, wow. For that year, yeah, it's a pretty small... It was exclusive, New Grad, I guess you would say. It was a lot of resources, but it was only, they only picked about 15 people in the end. And a couple of them were on track to go to ER. A couple of them were on track to go to labor and delivery. And the way the new graduate program worked was it was 16 weeks of orientation. And it was like eight weeks... You were on one floor and eight weeks, you would switch preceptors and go to a different floor. And at the end of your training, you would be offered a position on just about any floor they could offer you in their main hospital. And then in their like smaller, more community-based hospital, they would offer you a position on one of the floors. So I did my first six weeks with a preceptor at the main hospital on, I called it kind of a catch-all bed surge floor. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of detoxers, a lot of like falls. They would get um, dialysis patients. It was kind of a little bit of everything. I did pretty well for those first six weeks. I noticed pretty early on I had a lot of anxiety. Oh, yeah. Do I know I had, about that? I had a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I felt sort of like I wasn't, which I think a lot of people feel like I wasn't prepared for the full case assignment. Like they don't like my clinical, like capstone clinical, senior clinical. I still had one patient and my instructor was split between me and five other girls hmm. with her time. So I didn't have like a one-on-one precepting capstone where I learned how to take on a full case assignment. So this was me learning how to take on a full case assignment. And on the floor, had, at on the, the job. The floor. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's rough that's so rough yeah and it's very I I don't know how I don't know how to say this without sounding bad but it was definitely like the clickier of the nursing communities at this hospital it was like the I mean that happens I don't know yeah that happens but it was just it was very clicky it was sort of like I had a couple girls from my program at my university also get into the program and they were just not the girls that I was friends with and it was just kind of the whole, that was the whole vibe of the hospital it was just, I was like, I'm not really type A, I'm a little goofy. And everybody there was like a little bit type A. And I was like, all right. Okay. So, so from the, from the get go, you're already feeling out of place. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> not I'm sorry you felt that way. That's, ugh. yeah. I mean, it's like an adjustment, but it was, I kind of knew that going in. I knew the people that worked at that hospital and the people that were getting into the program. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like high school on the floor. Uh, that just makes me feel so exhausted. Just listening yeah, to it, was exhausting. It. it was exhausting. That preceptor that I had the first one, she was really great. She was really nice, but I don't think she um challenged me enough mm-hmm. like I wasn't handling a full case assignment by the end of that six weeks 
and I really should have been. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then I switched to uh, my second preceptorship, which was out at the community-based hospital on like a smaller, this hospital only had one medical floor. So it was pretty small. And I had like an older preceptor, like the nurse for 30 years kind of preceptor that she was really, really, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But very kind, not so tough as in, being not like mean aggressive. But no but just very set in her ways and this is the way you should do it and I didn't really feel like I was able to find my own way of doing things because I was kind of having to do it her way so it can also was, be difficult because then you're yeah. not you're not making it your own yeah and a, a nurse from the education department that follows you through your whole like orientation time. Like she's supposed to come meet with you every couple of weeks and check in and see how you're doing. And they were picking up on the fact that I wasn't doing very well. I left a colace on a, one of those mobile workout stations, mobile oh, workout, yeah, mobile the, workstations. The workstations uh-huh. <laughs> um, and like, <laughs> Like I left the lace out because I was like late for a morning meeting and I was freaking out. So like ran and I left like a pill and of course she walked by and saw it. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was like little things like that where I was like, I wasn't picking up on the prioritizing as fast as I should have been. And I was making little mistakes like that, that they were just like, I don't know if you can handle this, but I didn't feel like they were giving me like solutions. They were just like, they were, picking, they were telling you what you were doing wrong, but not telling yeah. you how to work on it or helpful yeah. hints to fix it. They were giving me the impression that they were, cause I was coming, it basically got to the point where I was coming up on the end of my orientation. And I wasn't feeling ready to be on my own. They didn't want me to be on my own. And so what they said was, they were going to keep me on orientation. So that was already annoying because all the people that I was going through the program with were off orientation. Mm-hmm. And I was very obviously still on it. And, you've, <laughs> and you feel that kind of like embarrassment that... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so it makes it hard being obviously like going into work. You're like, well, this is going to go well t- today, I hope. And I was working seven to seven. So I was working like three twelves a week. So you're um, tired on top of it. Yeah. So I was tired. So they sort of were like, okay, we're going to keep you on orientation and we'll come up with some sort of plan. So I was like, okay. And they just kept having me orientate orientation. And I didn't feel like I was getting much further. And then I s- swear to God, I was just working. It was probably, I just finished like morning bed path. That was the other thing was they said my time management wasn't great, which I thought was a little interesting because the day that I got let go, as I was leaving, another one of the girls in our program, she had been put on the overnight shift and she was still there at like 1030 in the morning doing oh. her notes. Oh and I was like, gosh. and I have a time management bro. Oh. <laughs> like I wasn't sitting there trying to compare. I was sort of like, okay, but she's also having issues with that. And she's off orientation. So what's the, it just sort of felt like they were eventually just kind of picking on me. And a sense of like, try to find a way to get me to leave, which basically they pulled me off the floor into the supervisor for that unit's office one morning and said, yeah, so obviously it's really not going to work out. And then handed me 
a severance check. Wow. Like, That's all just, they said? As I had just finished med pass, like pulled me off the floor and was like, obviously it's not going to work out. Here's your severance check. That was what the official, more like director of the educational program did. She did that and then she was like, okay, I'm sorry, I have to leave now. And like immediately left. Oh. Then the, supervis- the supervisor for the unit was like, okay, let's talk about this for a second. She was a little bit nicer about it, but I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm going home. <laughs> wow. And then, so part of you is like stunned and sad and upset. And like, also I imagine what probably pretty, I, I mean, I'm, I'm projecting here. I'm feeling oh, what fine. I think I would feel. I'm feeling like <laughs> I would be pissed off too. Yeah. Like, I okay, I haven't been set up with the right tools. I'm getting yelled at, but not helped. Yeah. And basically I'm being like shut out. So, I mean, yeah. <sighs> And my, my anxiety was definitely, I think, a bigger part of it than I realized at the time, sitting on like like three years into nursing now, when I realized that a lot of my, I, was, I would have trouble with my decision and prioritizing because I was constantly second guessing what I was Girl, supposed to be same. doing. Yeah, oh my exactly. gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I was I'm, like, but they say this is important. And they also say, don't get behind on this. It was just sort of like, too much. And that supervisor was like, honestly, she was like, I don't think you want to do acute care. And I was like, no, I, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I, mean, I was like, that was the other part of it was I don't think I really wanted to be there. Yeah. And that can be important. Like the, yeah. the, the couple things that I want to point out here is that it's really important to know what your clinicals are going to be like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you have, you know, if I was a student that uh, was, you know, just looking into school again, I would definitely be looking at how much clinical, you know, experience and what kind of clinical experience these schools yeah. offer. I, um, you know, I got lucky and picked a, well, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I picked a school <laughs> that was like really heavily clinical, like less yeah. on, you know, the, I mean, of course it was academic. It's a nursing yeah. program, but it was very, very heavily, lots and lots of clinical hours. So I got really lucky in that sense and I still have yeah. anxiety. So I can yeah. only imagine how it would have felt coming in and being like, oh, you're giving me five patients. I've only ever had two. Cool. Yeah, that was basically like, thanks. <laughs> and then, and then that's like then anxiety breeds anxiety because then, mm. oh, I'm, oh, I'm just I'm having I'm having empathy. <laughs> I'm having some major empathy kicks here. Well, then um, it was that was about five months in. So now, like you know, a couple of days later after the shock wears off, I'm like, well, now how am I going to get another job? Right, right. Like after the blow, then you're just like, oh, wait, I have to figure something else out now. Yeah. And and that's (sighs) not a great record to show a new employer. Yeah. Be like, like, oh, I tried. Um, Well, because they also tried to spin it in this other direction to make it seem like they weren't firing me. Because technically, when you when you were in the new grad program, you were employed by the education department. That was your unit, uh, and that, and then they would offer you a position on a unit, and then you would switch to being an employee under that unit, and your pay went up. So it's like a technicality. So they were basically like, "We're not offering you a position." <laughs> was uh, sort of the so that's sort of just how I pitched it <laughs> when I started going on interviews again. I was like, because I started going on psych interviews because I was like, I want psych. That was what I wanted. I had like a year of aid experience in psych. I had at least some med surge under my belt. 
And so I started looking into site jobs and I was like, yeah, I, I did the new grad training and then was like, you know, I really wanted psych. So I didn't take a position. Fair enough. I yeah, mean, that yeah. was how I spun it. I ended up working. <laughs> did they, did they want to like, were they like, oh, we want to talk to somebody at that job or did they just like, they would call the hospital that had let me know. Cause I asked that and they were like, all we'll say is what dates you were employed for. Got it. So yeah, there's like, essentially some kind of privacy and you know what yeah. that might have been I don't and I don't know but here's my I'm gonna think out loud for a second <laughs> a lot of times you know your school it's not HIPAA but it's I can't remember what it's called but it's like a privacy law that says like yeah. your educational records are private unless you yeah. sign them out um, so I wonder if you had been considered part of the department of nursing or that unit or whatever it yeah. was and not the department of education I wonder if it would have been different I wonder if it would yeah. be like a termination, like we can tell you what happened, etc. So, I mean, maybe that was some little weird hidden blessing, even though it yeah. probably <laughs> really didn't feel like it at all. No, no. I mean, I I didn't love it there. I wanted to get in the program because it was. I mean, in addition to like the precepting on the floor, they had you were in classes. Like every couple of weeks, you had classes mm -hmm. with your program, with the education department, learning how to do VIV polls for a whole class or learning how to respond to a code for a whole class, stuff like that. So the training was like invaluable. So like I stand by that. I'm glad I got that. Totally. Yeah, I went through a nurse <laughs> residency program also. Okay, so then, you know, a few days goes by, shock wears off, you <laughs> start interviewing. So then you you get this job in psych, yeah? Yeah, I got the job at the detox. Yep, that was so, the first job. So the, you know, the, the moral of the story so far is basically that <laughs> this doesn't have to be the thing that like puts the nail in the coffin of your career. Like no. it's a huge setback. You maybe had a circumstance that was a little bit easier to just be like, yep. I'm, I'm here. I want, this is where I want to be. But I think it also speaks a lot to like that when you know, somewhere's not where you want to be. Yeah. It's going to be that much harder to like, just, you know, pull up your pants and work faster. I don't know. I feel like there's, there's something, there's something not good about saying that there's like this one size fits all on how you're supposed to come into the nursing career. Yeah. And the way that, they worded it was like, I wasn't, progressing at the speed of their program yeah so and I was like well I'm me this yeah. is my speed <laughs> <laughs> and you know we do need there's like this balance that has to occur because on one hand yeah we we can't all just you know kind of take our sweet time but also there is a huge learning curve and when you're going on to a unit that's busy that has sick patients you've got many I mean it, it's not even so like I, I work on an, a step down in an ICU step down unit. So we take yeah. four patients at a time. So mm -hmm. like, even though that's a lot, but then even if you think, even if your patient patients aren't as sick as like an intermediate yeah. unit where we take four, I can't imagine even time managing. If I, all I had to do was just give pills and do nothing yeah. else. I'm like that alone takes yeah. up hours. Um, so like, that's a whole different flow. So yep. when you started this, this job, this new psych job, do you feel like you had that same like anxiety, panic, learning curve that you did on the med surge unit? I think I still, I, and I still struggle with this is I take a lot of the anxiety home with me mm -hmm. as opposed to having it at work. 
Um, but when I, so when I started the detox, I started on overnights and I had this nurse that was, was two nurses on at a time. Um, and I had this nurse that was under the one of the, like, she had been a nurse for like 40 something years, but she was like a firecracker and like <laughs> loved new nurses and like thought you were just the cutest thing. But with nice. teach, like I basically spent months working overnights with this woman, just like learning from her and the overnights were obviously not that I'm ever going to say that they're slower than the day shift because they're not, mm-hmm. but there was less chaos around and I was able to, to learn how to prioritize and to have learned how to write a nursing note without like this pressure of time. Everybody like, bustling around me because I had like eight hours where most of my patients were sleeping absolutely to, to yeah. prep for my one bed pass in the morning and learned how to and learned how to do that without being anxious and then eventually I took on day shifts and was doing the morning bed pass with no problem so it was just it was a little bit of baptism by fire because I want to say within like one month there there was one night where I was the only nurse on Oh yeah, called out, and uh-huh. I was just like, "Surprise!" So we're doing, so we're doing <laughs> this. I'm in charge of like 22 people right now, and we're gonna do this. <laughs> and I had like two like mental health counselors working with me, and I was just like, "We got this. We're doing this." <laughs> and then, like and the next morning, I was just like, hey, "This is so much more like pop, like because I my boss came in for the morning shift, and she was just like, "You worked all night by yourself." I was like, "Yeah." She was like, but you just started. I was like, yeah, but that's what happened. And people don't realize how often this happens in nursing where, you know, you might be new to the unit or, you know, what if you're working a long-term care facility or like some other kind of inpatient situation, or, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never worked outpatient, so I can't imagine an outpatient environment where you'd be alone. Like, I don't think that really you're in an office probably and there's other people but but when you're talking like overnight in like mm-hmm. what you're talking about there is some level of like oh shit like this is all on me like yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, was... I'm the grown-up in charge <laughs> yeah yeah I really had that moment where I was like okay I, I was that was the first night I had took charge nurse because I was the only one there and I had to <laughs> you were <laughs> it <laughs> I was just like I get to decide if people we'll get admitted I was like this is amazing <laughs> yeah so I mean and it sounds like you had I mean sometimes when you're faced with no other choice you just have to say okay let's uh, is, let's rock it let's which is kind of what I wish they would have let me do in that new grad program I was like if you just give me five right now and like, let me figure it out. I will figure it out. Yeah. But like, give me a minute. Like just because I, but it was, it was like, I would mess up a little bit and then all of a sudden they were watching me and then it was just downhill. Yeah. Because of course when someone's watching you, you're just like, okay, I'm about, I'm going to mess everything that I know how to do. It's like when you're on, 
Yeah, no, that that watched feeling. It, oh. It's like, um, you know, for me, I call it the um, the watched password syndrome, where it's like someone's <laughs> watching you type in your email password, oh, and yes. like you, you're just suddenly it's like you've never typed before, and you don't yes. know how to use your fingers, <laughs> um, and you have to do it like five times, and they're standing yeah. there going, "Don't you know your password?" Ever that happens to everybody, <laughs> yep. um, and it's worse when you're in a situation where you feel like the stakes are higher, like when you're yeah. taking care of a human being. So. Um, but it's, it, it sounds like you have developed some courage <laughs> through yeah. all of this. Cause you're like, well, these people are counting on me and I can't yeah. leave. So here we go. Yeah. And I, I think I've inadvertently gotten myself further into jobs that would have given me more anxiety. Cause right now all my patients are out in the communities. So sometimes I'm literally like, are they okay? Did they take their meds this morning? Are they alive? Right. <laughs> like, like, and they're psych, pretty and good. They're psych, psych patients. So I'm like, did somebody get arrested? Is everybody okay? Is everybody alive? <laughs> like, I'll run that occasionally to, based on whatever work I had done, whoever I had worked with that day. I had, I think I mentioned to you like last week or so, I had an individual go into the ICU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was someone that prior to that um she's an elderly woman that lives by herself so every time I left her I was just like oh my god please don't fall please don't pass out while I'm gone <laughs> and I'm not I'm not BNA so I'm not in there every day right and occasionally I have I have days that are more filled with meetings with like DMH or I have to run a lot of staff trainings and stuff like that so there are days where I don't I don't do work for individuals at all. Yeah, you're focused. I'm sitting there like, away. and I'm sitting there like, are they okay? <laughs> so how do you? How? What are some things that you do to help you cope with that sort of thing? Like, how do you? How do you keep yourself mentally healthy as possible, knowing I, that you have all these? It's like having a hundred children, and you don't know where any of them are. I really like the the boss I have right now. To be honest, my my director of nursing that I work with right now, which is a nice change. I really like her and I lean <laughs> lean into her for a lot of that where I just I'll have a situation. So we, we take on call also. So um our agency spans a good portion of the state of Massachusetts and there's a mental health on call for nursing. So if any of them have like issues with giving their medications or issues like they think the person needs to go to the hospital in the evening or overnight time, they'll call the nurse on call. And I had a situation where like somebody, they, I didn't get the call till like two hours later, but somebody had had like seizure activity, seizure like activity in one of the group homes. And they were like, what should we do? And I was like, call my, like call 911. Like you did call emergency call medical response. <laughs> so first I was tiffy about that. Cause I was like, this happened two hours ago. And you haven't called 911 yet. Oh, okay. So I deal with situations like that. But then I was, um, he wouldn't go. Oh, so oh. Like, and you're like, no. Just go. I talked to her about it after. So I was like, I was like, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking like I should get in my car and drive down to this group home that's like two hours from me and make this guy go to the hospital. And she was like, no. She was like, you, you can't really make them do it. It's a very yeah. weird position where all of our people are none of our people are impatient right all of our and you're are, 
you're not responsible yeah. if they're their own guardians, they're adults. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I run into a lot of those situations where I was like, if I have control, this would be going a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Oh so, gosh. If only so I really, yeah. we could have that control. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody would be so much healthier. <laughs> well, I, I remember, um, we have like amazing, amazing um, master's level clinicians that work with all of our individuals. And one of them was like, so this patient, um, they're transgender um, and they were on hormone or they, and they were going to be put on like an injectable instead of a pill. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she just wants to like, you know, walk her through how to do it. I said, okay. So I like call her, um, call them to set up a meeting. And she's like, oh, I already did it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, with, with no education. Oh, how did that go? <laughs> Very well. They had actually, like, spent the day researching how to give this type nice, of injection nice. and, like, walked me through step by step. They were like, I used aseptic technique. And I was like, okay, okay. Okay, I feel <laughs> a little better about it. <laughs> she was, like, explaining exactly how she did everything. And I was like, oh. I still went over there and was like, show me. And you <laughs> kind of have you know to, to accept it. the fact that you don't have direct control over everything mm-hmm. your individuals do. Right. So, so how do you, how do you, do you have to like pep talk yourself, like hang up the phone and be like, okay, this is not, my, yeah. this is not my responsibility. Yeah. My job ends here. Like, so what do you do to like take your mind off stuff? What are like some of the, what are, do you have like hobbies that you love or like, <laughs> Um, is there some yeah. form of escapism? Like, what do you do? <laughs> um, at work for the direct escapism, I just switch over to the part of my job that's not the one-to-one. <laughs> Go do some work. office work. I'm like, because I'm, I'm a really, I'm really good at office work. And I'm really good at like order, like styling and organizing things. Same. So I'm like, okay, go do something Love that's going to make me feel like I'm getting something done. So in the moment at work, that is usually what I do. When I come home, I try my best just not to talk about work. My partner will tell you I don't do a very good job of that. <laughs> oh, yes, that's common. But I've that's been common. much worse in the past with the anxiety and taking it home with me and perseverating on it when I come home. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a work cell phone and a work laptop, and I've just gotten the habit of the second it's five o'clock, just turn it off. off. Shut yeah, it so off. I work that Monday through Friday, nine to five. So, so you've already got plenty of hours clocked. Yeah. Like you don't need to be letting this dig into what little no. precious time you have. And I'm, and I'm salary, so. Oh, so, <laughs> so, so really it's not going to... Eighty yeah. hours or forty hours, it's gonna be yeah. the same. So yeah. yeah, I mean, there there does have to be that level of like, I need somebody to talk to, but maybe my partner isn't the one who wants to hear all about it. I've had to work on that. Do you have a long drive from work to home? No, it's like fifteen minutes. Okay. No, I used okay. I used to, and I miss it because that used to help me wind it like wind your decompression. It down. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? So my my ride to work is like seven minutes on the way back in one traffic. <laughs> it's like maybe 12 um so I get it but like what what do you do on your drive are you like music n- news silence well, like what's your usual podcast <laughs> <laughs> nice honestly a cu- couple different nursing podcasts to be honest because that makes sort of 
sparked the like I still like my job oh yeah yeah so you can actually feel good about things nice yeah what are some other shows that you listen to sorry I gotta put you on the spot um, because I love I love so many nursing podcasts so I want to give all of them shout outs I need to remember it's Elizabeth Scala I love her yes yes that one your next shift is that the one yes that's what Mm -hmm. I just accidentally shout out to Elizabeth right (laughs) yes so that one yours and um, I actually listened to some podcasts that are like about like the TV shows that I like. Just oh my like gosh, yeah, I have, have I have a few of those nursing. too. Yeah, no, you've got to have that other stuff. <laughs> um, if you like TV show, I don't know if you are. Did you grow up like nineties, eighties? Are you? Yeah, I'm twenty. I'm twenty five. Okay, so so I grew um, up like. I had older sisters, so I kind of know the 90s. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a really, this. Uh, there might be a few episodes you're into, but there's an episode, or there's a show called... Um, uh, raised by TV <laughs> and it's a couple, couple comedians and they talk about like the first several episodes they did had themes to them. So like cartoons, sitcoms. Yeah. Anyway, I love that kind of stuff. You got to get your brain off. Yeah, of it. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. So although I, uh, which I think I mentioned briefly, one of the things I'm trying to get done by the end of the year is get a blog up. So yeah. that's something I've been trying mm-hmm. to work on. That's also nursing related though. I, you know, I had a spotty blog for a long time for, I mean, yeah. we're talking like years and I just, I <laughs> felt like I just couldn't, I couldn't get the momentum going. I, yeah. I would sit down to write. I could never think about what to write. And so then what I started doing, and I still do it to this day, is I started using the, um, the notepad on my phone. And anytime mm-hmm. anything would bug me or I'd get irritated (laughs) or had something, I would just pull out my notepad and I would just start without even caring about punctuation or spelling or typos. I would just start to like pound the keys and like get it all out. And then later I was like, oh my God, I have like 15 of these notes. These are all blog posts. (laughs) Like these are all totally content. (gasps) And so it wasn't until I started, because if you sit down, like you open up your computer and you go to your website and you open up a blank box and then you're like, oh shit, what do I do with this now? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, so I encourage you like catch those moments, however you need to do it, a post-it note, a notebook, your phone pad, your phone notepad, like yep. just start taking note of all those little things. Cause we all Thank have you. stuff. Yes. Well, cause I'm, your experiences are so uniquely yours and yeah. you know, there might be somebody out there that's like, Oh my gosh, I have to listen. I have to read this person. <laughs> so, uh, do you, you have like a, a fairly decent web presence as well. Oh like, yeah. You've got, you got some Insta followers girlfriend yeah that's that that was from like a campaign I did a while back and somehow is still trucking along (laughs) do you want to talk about that because I don't even know what that is so that if you don't oh okay so I was born one of the whole reasons I went into nursing was that I was a frequent flyer pediatric patient so I went to Boston Children's Hospital shout out um, Boston for children. Like most of my childhood was spent in and out of there. Um, so I was born with like a genetic mutation that changed the way a lot of my bones formed. So it had like craniostenosis in my skull and um, like my cheekbones were really shallow. My eye sockets were really shallow. My jaw was all messed up. So I did this campaign for Um, Mm anti-bullying like my senior year of college and it was a campaign through 
Kylie Jenner. So I was put on Kylie Jenner's Instagram. Oh, nice. Like there was like she, so she called me like prior to the campaign going live and just like talks to me for a little bit about like my life and like how I was bullied and how I overcame it and that traditional story. And then um, when the campaign started, she put a picture of me up on her Instagram and then talked about our conversation and my history and stuff like that. So I got a lot of followers that day. Talk about exposure. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot. Well, that was like, also, I think something I realized again, a few years into nursing was the anxiety that I have my whole life about the fact that I look different. And a lot of people infer that I'm not smart <laughs> or that you're which not is, intelligent. Just which based. Is horrible. And I would have, but I would have and still do occasionally have patient encounters that come up that where that comes up. Where that they think big, that because like your bones are different, that it's, yeah, that maybe. So I was competent. also a new nurse and I'm like, yeah, you're so right. I'm not competent. What am I doing here? <laughs> you're, uh, Cause you, you don't want to take that stuff to heart, but when you keep right. people say it, yeah. like you're like, Oh, really? I mean, I feel like there are already so many obstacles against us getting through to our patients. You know, yeah. I know that I work with a lot of nurses that are from other countries. And so they're, mm -hmm. the way they speak is different. And some people have such a hard time with that. And it's like, they're brilliant yeah. because they're missing some fingers or they don't speak the same way that you do. Doesn't mean that this person right. isn't totally able to help you improve the quality of your health in your life. So, well, yeah. you know what? Sometimes we get exposure in unexpected ways, like yeah. <laughs> through kind of Jenner. Yeah. But obviously, it's it got my attention on your page. Um, you know, we've been talking through Insta for a little while yeah. now. What, how does it feel now that you have these thoughts? Like, are you still engaging with people? Do you find that people are like still, you said that you didn't think that this campaign would like have impact all the way. Yeah. Long. What kind of impact do you feel? Are you still like seeing signs? of lasting impressions or yeah I, when I when I touch on things that are related to it so like the stuff that I post that's like this is my lizard or like this is a sunset like they're like okay it's a sunset that's great <laughs> but um like I'll post uh like I had a pretty major surgery right after I graduated college and like I posted on the anniversary of that last year, that post like blew up again. Just it's like, I think when it's content related to a lot of medical content, which I'm kind of excited about because of move over into like the blog world, I can do more of that. Um, but like, like I did a post a couple like last week where I had found a lump and I went and got it checked and I'm like 25 years old. I found a lump in my breast. Oh, that's so, so I post. So I just try to like I try to post like things like that that people wouldn't typically post about their but medical. It shows that people history. really they need they need somebody to relate to. Yeah, they need to feel they're not alone. I think people really gravitate to this stuff. Like for example, um, I follow a handful of people on Instagram that have chronic illnesses that are related mm -hmm. to the care that I provide. I don't know them, but I think it's important that I understand like multiple experiences from people because yeah. I think it just it's never going to make you a worse nurse to understand another person right. you know it's always going to make you better so um I 
like reading those posts as well that are kind of not just a cool picture, but then have like some kind of message or education or um, yeah, because we've we all have all these little tidbits throughout our day that we're like, oh, somebody somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to mm-hmm. see this. somebody needs to know that this isn't an isolated experience. For them. Yeah, that's how I really felt about that one. I was like, people need to know that that really doesn't matter how old you are. You should be looking at this, and that's where. It's kind of nice where I can combine like my nursing knowledge with what's going on in my life and be like, hey, here's some advice for you. Yeah. So on a side note, I think my partner just started playing guitar in the living room. <laughs> so we might get a little bit of background music <laughs> as we wrap it up here. Um, yeah. So you've been on this interesting trajectory. It hasn't slowed you down. It just, mm-hmm. in in a sense, the thing that could have been viewed as like the end or the demise of a very new career actually pushed you into the thing that you thought you wanted all along. So I think that, you know, I don't know, would you say that it's a, it's a good idea not to let anybody put you in a box. And while some programs may have particular trajectories and and requirements you need to fulfill, you have to be really kind of knowing what those, what those commitments are when you go into it. And so I don't know what, what advice would you give to, okay, say we're, we're talking, we've got listeners out there. Someone Mm -hmm. was just, somebody out there was just recently fired, let go reassigned, whatever. What do you say to them? What do, what do you say to help them get through these first days leading up to, you know, stand back up on their feet and moving forward? Yeah. Uh, what I really tried to do like at first was really try to understand what had happened because it was kind of a whirlwind of like I graduated school. I like hopped into this nursing program. It felt like a very fast five months and I was out and I was just sort of like, I almost don't fully understand what just happened. So I had to really look at like what I was doing and what I didn't get. Because obviously there was something I wasn't getting from them and something they weren't getting from me. Mm -hmm. So it really taught me a lot about the the people I want to work for like the kind of people I would want as like my managers or general like administration type it really taught me a lot about the that I didn't want acute care so (laughs) (laughs) but like just look at the reasons why it didn't work out and just use it as use it to shape where you're going next kind of instead of feeling like you're sort of defeated it's like okay well this didn't work because of like x y and z so these are my expectations for wherever I want to work next. Yeah. And I just take it from there. And it's definitely like a confidence that knocks your confidence down a little bit. But you, you have your education. It doesn't make you like not a good nurse to be let go from a job. Mm-hmm. People get let go from all types of jobs every day, all the time. I think it's just the weight of our job and being let go from that because we take a lot of pride in what we do. Yeah. And then being told that, you know, you're not making a bar for what it is you want to do. So it's just realizing that you're going to meet the bar when you find the right job place for you. And that's, I think, something all, a lot of nurses struggle with like throughout their careers. Like, am I where I want to be? And I think if you're asking those questions, definitely look into it. Because even since then, even since that 
job. Like I started working, I moved, had to leave that detox job because I moved and I took basically the first job I got and then realized pretty quickly that it wasn't fitting for me. I had a higher degree than my boss. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like I was being paid less than my very first nursing job. And this was now my third. And so you don't I, you don't want to move yeah. backwards. You want to move. Yeah, forward. but I stayed there for probably longer than was financially responsible because I felt like I still had that little bit of that confidence issue of like, well, what else am I going to get? Because there's also this thought of like being in a psych bubble. Yeah. That people talk about. Yeah. Like, well, I can't work on a med surge floor anymore because I'm now I'm in sight. Because I haven't put in an IV in five years. Like, yeah. 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 And I think people do worry about that. But also, if you learned that skill in the first place, you can relearn that skill. So I feel like making those jumps, it can be difficult. It can be frustrating. That doesn't mean that people shouldn't try. You've got to like muster up that confidence. You just got to ask for what you want. I think something I learned was just after I left that job was just ask for what you want and see if they'll give it to you. Yeah. Worst (laughs) thing they can say is no. (laughs) I didn't think I was going to be qualified enough for the position that I'm in now because it's a little bit more of an oversight and I'm only three years into being a nurse. So I was like, what? But it's going well, right? But they were like, yeah. But they were like, no, you're qualified. You're good. Come on. It's like, like, why put yourself down if you're you're needing the job and you're learning and you're growing and that's awesome. So it sounds like the story has, it's not an ending, but a a happy, (laughs) a happy chapter that we're in right now. So it's, uh, I I love this talk that we've just had and I would love to share with our listeners how they can, how they can find you. Do you want them to find you on social media? Yeah, I'll give, um, this is like my, the blog and stuff's not functioning yet so i'll give my my regular instagram which is um it's a little piece of insane which is something i came up with when i was like 15 and it just kind of stuck (laughs) (laughs) it kind of fits me though i am a little piece of insane we've all got we all got our own little brand of crazy it's not all bad Um, that's on instagram which is primarily what i use now Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, this this has been awesome. I would love to yeah, talk I'm again so in the excited. future. I would yeah. love to hear more about the work you do. I'm sure other people would as well. Yeah. Um, I think we need to keep in touch, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right. Well, I'm I just, always on Instagram, so so nice. So I, I know where to find you. I know where to yeah. track you down. Um, I also want to remind uh, all the listeners that we have not only all of our back episodes and our blog at nursinguncensored.com. You can also find merch there. Did you know we have like T-shirts and I saw. Yeah. Got it. Got to put in a little plug for that. I think those are those are the most important. So thanks for listening, everybody, and happy nursing. Here at Nursing Uncensored, we may be, well, uncensored, but we're not unfiltered. Protected health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA. The things we talk about are from years of experience with thousands of patients, things we've read, stories we've heard. If you think we're talking about you, we're not. 
Also, we're real nurses here to provide helpful and accurate information, but don't take anything we say as fact without doing your own research. Refer to your state's board of nursing, practice acts, and your institution's policies and procedures if you have questions about your practice. Lastly, our very strong opinions are ours alone and do not reflect those of our employers, educational, or professional institutions. Thanks for listening, and happy nursing, folks. Thank you.